A lot to talk about as we end our week with David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C., as we always love to do here on Brian and Company. Good morning, sir. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. This well, I'm not particularly optimistic about the future of our country. Yeah. Well, that's. <laughs> yeah. And, I was trying to think. You know, somebody was asking me back. I'm old enough to obviously remember vividly the late '60s, early '70s, Vietnam, civil rights, and so forth. And you know, of course, we were younger then. We had hope, but um, I bet there were people in 1968, '69 who felt the way we do now. Yeah, and in some ways. Then it felt maybe even more chaotic um, just because of the insecurity of the country with Vietnam and everything, and then obviously Nixon, too, uh, eventually. I'm curious, you know, Trump in D.C., what was it like? You know, it was the most bizarre thing because I was at the Capitol, which is three blocks from the courthouse. Uh, The courthouse was down the hill. That's why they call it Capitol Hill. And so a lot of reporters went to Capitol Hill to write their stories. So you went down to the courthouse area, and I didn't stay long, but because um, there's really not, not a lot to do, and it was crazy. I mean, people were waiting in line all night just for a seat. Uh, there were protesters, pro and con. There were more police than you've ever seen in one place, and that's saying a lot in Washington. And yet it was sort of controlled chaos. The streets were closed. Um, but then you walked back to the Capitol three blocks away, and you wouldn't have known any of this was going on. It was a normal, quiet day. Tourists were running around the Capitol and the grounds, you know, having picnics and all this, and looking at the rotunda. <laughs> Strange Washington scene. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting between the indictment. Now, I didn't read the whole indictment, no. I have to admit, and I haven't read the whole Devin Archer transcript either. Mm-hmm. You know, which, I mean, I'm just curious of what the chatter is on either one. I mean, the Devin Archer, it's like, you see the spin on both sides, and it's another one of those that, I mean, honestly, until I can't really talk about it until I read the whole transcript, but it's hard to know what's what's real and what's not, what's true and what's not. Yeah, I mean, Congress, of course, is gone until for, for another month. They're back after Labor Day. But um, still, we're there. Uh, the Archer transcript, Democrats, I don't want to say they're rejoicing, but uh, to them, there's nothing there. You know, you know, a lot of allegations, but no smoking gun, if you will. Republicans say, well, you know, you don't have to have a smoking gun in every transcript. That you know, read the circumstantial evidence, read the narrative, read to what it's building towards. So uh, that is still a work in progress, if you will. The House Oversight Committee, which is looking into all this, uh, you'll hear more from them. There'll be more uh, witnesses. It's going to slow down, though, I think, because it is August and Congress right. is gone. Uh, but so it's, not, it's not important enough to ruin your vacation time. <laughs> yeah, your five-week <laughs> vacation, right. But, you know, it's from, from, from what I you know can gather and what I have read is that clearly Hunter did everything he could to leverage his family name and his dad to, that to do business. Clear, yeah. like that seems yeah. Now, the question is, you know, the degree— I think the problem where Biden's in trouble is him sort of claiming total ignorance is where he made mistakes, right. probably— and, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, and apparently there, he was there when there were conversations about this, but his, what the president will tell you, his people will tell you, is that, well, he talks to his son every day, and even though this may have come up, uh, you know, there was no collusion. There was no, hey, son, here's what you ought to do, or cut me in, or any of that. So this, this is a tough one. We're going to have to hear from more people on this. Yeah, you know, obviously... And we're talking with David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C. here on Brian & Company. 
on WTIC News Talk 1080. Uh, listen, there's two other things I want to talk about. Like we we very rarely talk about actual like news and data and things going on in the economy. We're dealing with all these mm-hmm. controversies. I mean, the jobs number. They're still growing jobs. It was a little weaker yep. than expected. The unemployment rate actually ticked down to 3.5%. Futures right. are slightly positive on it. But, I mean, this is a, usually a rate hike or not to, to hike reaction. And this looks like an argument maybe for the Fed to just chill for a little bit. That's funny because I read it otherwise today. Um, yeah, they, the economy added, I think, it was 187,000 yeah, jobs. So what is your read? I'm right. curious. Well, to me, that shows... Employers are still hiring, particularly, I think, in the healthcare sector, they said. State and local governments are hiring. The more they're hiring, it seems to me, the more you run the risk of inflation. And I think it was uh, the Atlanta Fed, I believe, uh, revised its uh, forecast for the GDP, the economy. Uh, they think the economy may be growing at a pace 3 to 4%. So I I think so you, we're in for another, another rate hike or yeah. two. Yeah, it's interesting yeah, I, because oil's at eighty one now too, and clearly inflation actually could could flip around a little bit in the next six months. Yeah, I, I here's the other uh, factor: gasoline. I don't know what it's like in Connecticut, but most of the country, I mean, prices have gone up at least ten cents a gallon over the last week. Some states more, and uh, as long as. The Saudis and the Russians are cutting back production as demand increases in this country. Prices are going to go up. Interesting. Yeah, I like a. I listen. I like disagreements, and there's no doubt that gas. I mean, gas is three eighty three nationally. I actually charted on a daily basis, and I go right. back. You know, I, I can go back even to to late July, where I mean, we're talking. It's 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 up like 20 cents in two weeks almost. So, I mean, there's no doubt that it's on the move to the upside. We're talking with David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C. here and Brian and Company. The other thing is this Newsom versus DeSantis stuff. And I'm oh, just, boy. We're right in the daylights out of that one, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you know, in some ways, I mean, is this Newsom, is this the, the signal that he's there to run if, if, if the Democratic Party needs him? <laughs> I'm laughing because the minute I get off this call, I have a 1,500-word story addressing that very uh, point. I'll try to condense it for you. Uh, he's doing everything a potential presidential candidate does at this early stage. Right. He's visiting. He's quietly going to states like Arkansas, Alabama, that are geographically and culturally distant from California, meeting with small groups, not publicizing it a lot. He's donating tons of money, $3 million, I think, uh, to different races across the country. Number one. Number two, he set up these fundraising mechanisms, and I won't go into all the details, but there's a way you set up your fundraising committees so that you can run for president. He's got, he set up three committees, one of which allows donors to give whatever they want. Ron DeSantis has done this, and Ron DeSantis has 97 million on hand. In the, well, it's not Ron DeSantis, it's com- technically, right. it's not Super his committee. Packs, yeah. Right, that supports DeSantis. 97 million. So Newsom's on that same path. And the third thing he's doing is he's trying to establish himself as this national voice, yeah. which arguably he's doing very effectively. Yeah. Let me interrupt you really quick, David, because we sure. only have like a minute. And the uh-huh. thing is, is, is that, you know, we talk a lot about like, what, what, why can't we just get pump, uh, Trump and Biden to step aside and then what happens? And what, what fascinates me is that if you had, well, first of all, are they going to debate yes or no? Quick ne- yes or no question. Is that going to happen? Oh, y- yes. Okay. Yes. In, in November. But okay. yes. And then you have the situation where it would be Florida versus California. And exactly. to me, that's a fascinating dynamic if it were ever yep. to be in a national election. Yeah, and that's next week's story, by the way. We're going to compare the two states. 
<laughs> so, yeah. There you go. I'm, 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 I'm eavesdropping and spying on your editorial meetings. No, these are our two Miami Herald is ours, and we got five California papers. So, yeah, we're all over this. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great story. And I think the debate, I mean, listen, Newsom, I mean, forget about the politics, but I mean, he's, he's a handsome guy. He's a great talker. He's unafraid to go on Fox. You know, that's why I credit Buttigieg a lot, too. And I mean, so he's got a lot of things that that sort of are interesting to watch as a national political figure. Ah, but here's, and we should talk about this next, is how does he get past Kamala Harris? That's yeah. the big question. Well, California would decide that, right? Because they're both California. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. Listen, great stuff, David, as usual. Have a great weekend, my friend. You too. Talk to you next week. Uh, David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C., joining us here on Brian & Company on WTIC News Talk 1080.